Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting, especially as this is the second time I've recorded this as I didn't realise my headphones were still connected via Bluetooth. So I just spent a while talking to the abyss with nothing recording, but it's fine. I actually really didn't get in that far. I was really just being a little bit dramatic, but it is November the 9th. We are six weeks away from Christmas and I don't know a single present I'm getting anyone. The thing is, I really want to share with you my ideas, but I'm scared that like people will like tell my family and my friends. Although me and my friends don't really do Christmas presents. I feel like you have to start drawing the line on like present buying and gift giving is lovely like it is really lovely but life is so expensive now like it genuinely is so expensive and I feel like the standard of gifts that people get each other is just so high that I'm not gonna lie I can't afford to get every single person that I love a present like I can't do that it's just a little bit expensive and I just I just don't know so I've got a list in my head like me and my housemates we don't do we haven't got Christmas presents for each other we'll like go out for dinner instead and I really like doing that like if it's a me and my friends thing I like like substituting it for like an event that we can do together because a takes the stress out of buying a gift because I know finding the perfect gift is really lovely and like yeah I get that but it is a lot of pressure my boyfriend's really good at buying presents as well like he's talented and I, I am talented if I give myself enough time for it. But we've kind of got to the point in our relationship where we've been together so long that I've got all the really cute gifts that I have stored in my head of like nice things to buy people. I've gone through all of that. And I've gone through all the sentimental things I could get him. That's changed. Like that, we've moved on from that. That's not happening. Oh, it's another car. But... I don't really know what I'm going to get this year. Also, very fussy. Like, he has a very... The th- I'm not... Surprises, clothes-wise, not a good idea. I feel like that'll be so tricky to find something that's going to be surprised because how am I going to know if it fits him or not? Oh, there's just a whole load of errors and issues. And there's my best friend's birthday in two weeks and I still don't know what to get her. I'm still not sure. Maybe I'll just take her out for dinner. Is that boring, though? Is that boring? Maybe that's boring. I mean, I'd love to be taken out for dinner, so maybe not boring. I don't know. I also might just go and surprise her. But it wouldn't really be a surprise because I would just be gatecrashing her house. So maybe I shouldn't do that. This is the thing. Being spontaneous is so difficult and so tricky and I don't know how people do it. But anyway, life update. The last time we spoke, it was... Saturday... I think it was Saturday because I didn't record the podcast in time and I had to record the podcast when I was really hungover. And it was quite ironic because it's like one of the best podcasts like I've ever done. No, that's a lie. It's done really well. And I was very hungover and I was having to be like, okay, what am I even going to talk about? Some of the life update stuff, I had to cut a big chunk out or I was updating you all on my tube preferences because I was just like, that is the most dry deadest conversation I've ever heard in my entire life it was like two minutes no three minutes long me just updating you on what oyster card and what tube I'm taking like I'm sorry sometimes I need to realize that this is not just my journal of just verbal diarrhea like (laughs) there has to be an element of interest or just like something because me being like yeah, then I take the oyster card then I'm not sure whether to take an oyster card or the burst I'm not sure whether to do tube or burst but that was my whole That was my internal dilemma that I spoke about with you for three minutes. But don't worry, I saved you the pain. That's been cut out. Sunday, I had a very... 
I had a very nice Sunday. Sunday was bonfire night. Oh my God. Oh my God, first table. I need to update you on that first. So if you didn't know, I don't know if I mentioned it. I feel like I did mention it. But last Saturday, I was trying out first table, which is where you get 50% of your phone bill. No, (laughs) 50% of your meal, like of your, no, I want to call it a phone bill, but it's not off your meal, off your table bill. I don't know. Your bill where you pay for food, you get 50% off if you book with them. And like, you do have to go at weird times, but I'm not going to lie, because we were really hungover. We wanted to get out early anyway. Like we wanted to go for dinner at five so we could come back and sleep. So it worked out perfectly. We went to this place called Bull in a China Shop and it was delicious. Like it really was delicious. But I think the fact that it was 50% off made it even more delicious. Like we got so much food for such a cheap amount and it felt brilliant like it felt like that is the amount of food you should get for 15 pounds i spent 15 quid and we got fish cakes we got a v a vietnamese salad which was different to the salads i had in vietnam totally different it had like crunchy noodles in which was really like like proper crunchy i hadn't had those when i was in vietnam they were always soft um i really miss vietnam I also keep feeling like I didn't do enough and I hadn't seen enough. I feel like you're always going to leave a country and feel that way. But so many people I know are in Vietnam now and I'm just like, oh, I should have done that instead of that. But anyway, you don't know it until you've done it. So anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. We had the fish cakes. Then we had this like pan fried mackerel with this really like with this ginger soy. It was delicious, like really crispy, delicious. Mm. Then I had two bao buns, one with tofu in and one with like vegetable oh one with fake duck in it the tofu one was better the fake duck one was a bit dry but that's probably because I left it and ate it when I was home and then what else did we have we had something else oh we had pickled cucumber salad and we had another like a chicken dish incredible everything was incredible 50% off ideal the only thing is you've got to make sure like you tip the right amount because it also halves the tip so that was something which I didn't watch out for my housemate was like look and that is something that I feel like must really annoy waiters and waitresses when first tables used because obviously like it half the tip that they're going to get, which isn't fair. But what I thought was really cool about the restaurant was that it was just one guy cooking it all. There wasn't many tables. There was maybe 10 tables, but there was just one guy. It was a one man show, which was mental to me. I mean, there could have been someone else hidden and I just didn't see them, but I thought that was crazy. Also, get this, a 13 year old was having a birthday party there and I was just like... London is a different world. Like, when I was 13, I think we all got fish and chips and, like, we went on a walk or, like, we all went into town or... I don't even know what we did, but we did not do a big thing. Like, go out to a really fancy restaurant in Shoreditch. Like, it wasn't really fancy, but you know what I mean? It was relatively fancy. It was expensive. I just didn't... Like, different world. There was also this table next to us, which looked so... Like, they were having such a good time. But they were being so noisy, which is great. Because, like, it was a Saturday night. Like, fair enough. But I was feeling so rough at this point. I was just like... No, I lie. I wasn't feeling rough. I was feeling tired and hungry. So hungry. Because we went to the gym, came back, recorded the podcast, recorded all of my content. Then I was in the quickest turnaround of my life. We went out for dinner and I, I didn't really eat anything apart from one crumpet because I was hungover and I just forgot. I think this is the thing about ADHD that I just forget to eat sometimes. Like, it, it, I I push it away. I don't see it as an essential because I feel like some other jobs are more important. Then I just realised that I haven't eaten for ages and I'm starving. And then I go and like have a feast of food because I'm so hungry. I'm not doing that in like a 
disordered eating way. I'm doing it in a my prioritization my prioritization of tasks because I know if I get distracted by eating something, it's going to take me so much longer to get back on track. I just push it down and down the list because I feel like eat like when I leave the room, that's the end point to the task. This probably makes no sense to anyone but me. But I feel like when I leave my room, it ends the task, and so. I need to make sure everything is done before I go and have dinner. And it's like these weird little rules that I put on myself that like, this has to happen before this, otherwise this isn't going to work. It makes zero sense. It's not very logical. I don't really have a reason for it, but that's the way it is. And then on Sunday, I spent a lot of the day alone. I felt very anxious on Sunday. Felt very just like, oh. I woke up and I read in bed and I was like, lovely Sunday. This is great. Having a great time. It was really enjoyable. Then I got a notification from ClassPass, like from my mom's own. It was like, £80 has gone out of your account because of ClassPass. And I was like, oh no. Because I always forget to cancel free trials, I forgot to cancel the free trial for ClassPass and it was £80. And I don't have that. So much so that it like bounced back out of my account because it was like, you don't have it. And I was like, no, I don't have it. And I don't have an overdraft on this account. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't have £80 spare, sorry, because never keep all of your money in the Monzo account because they can cancel that account at any moment with all of your savings in it, just in case you didn't realise. I didn't realise and I watched TikTok about a girl who literally had everything in there and couldn't access any of her money, so don't keep it all in there. I like keep like my weekly, monthly budget in there and it just, you know, oh, the 80 quid would have been awful. Anyway, got into contact with ClassPass, read all of their, like, policies, and it was basically like, if you don't cancel on the day, you just have to use it. I started crying because I just felt so overwhelmed, and I was just so pissed off. 80 quid is a lot of money. 80 quid is a lot of money. And I was just like, why am I like this? And I called up my mum, and she was like, you're just going to have to use it. And I see the positive side of it, and I was like... I know, but it's literally like £20 a class. It makes zero sense because I only got the one with 50 credits, which is like 60 or £70, which works out at like 10 or £15 a class. And I just don't go to classes because I don't, I just don't. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. So I sent a very panicked email to the ClassPass customer help team and I was like, I cannot afford this. I have really bad ADHD. I forgot to cancel my membership. The money's bounced out of my account. Like, I don't have an overdraft. I can't pay it. Please, please, please cancel. And because, because the um, money didn't actually ever come out of my, because they can't give refunds, but because the money never came out of my account, I didn't, I, they didn't charge me. And it just cancelled. And it was incredible. And I didn't lose 80 quid. So after crying and having a bit of a meltdown, I then took myself for a run because I realised I'm feeling a little bit emotional right now. I'm feeling a little bit all over the place and it was not ideal so I took myself for a run and then I came back and I just I pottered I did some cooking I tidied my room I did some like I just spent some alone time which was needed and then in the evening we were meant to go out to the fireworks display and I just had to cancel because I just realized like I don't have the headspace right now to do this with everyone like I don't like I just feel really overwhelmed I just feel like I need any evening to myself because I'd been super busy with my sister staying and then coming like I came back on the Monday night Tuesday Wednesday I was like doing things and then Thursday my sister came to stay she stayed Friday Saturday night we went out no we didn't we went out for dinner 
Sunday would just arrive and I was just like, I need to prioritise my headspace. I need to start practising what I preach and realise that I don't have to do it and that's okay. And when I told my mum that I didn't have to do it, I realised that I was still really worried about cancelling and I still felt really guilty. And she said something that I was like, that is so wise. She was like, you've done it now. Let yourself have the relief of doing it. Like, give yourself that relief. Because I think it's so easy to be constantly worrying about everything because I find I worry about something then I make an action that makes it go away and then I worry about the outcome of the action and I feel like I should have done the other thing and it's ridiculous and I think this is something that I really need to start taking on board but anyway that was Sunday Monday boring Tuesday went to the theatre went to go see Lioness which had Lily James in and I was a front row seat. So I, it was just really cool to watch her so like close up and she was like within touching distance. It was mental, so close. The play itself was quite like the Seven Sisters of... Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Like it was quite a similar storyline in ways. It had elements of similarities. I don't think it's the best play that I've ever gone to, but it was entertaining. Like it made me laugh. It was something a bit different. It made me think a bit... But I don't, like, A Little Life was incredible. And it was, it really made me think. It was traumatic, but it really made me think. Whereas this one was kind of like, it wasn't just funny and it wasn't just serious. It was like a combination of the two. Which, like, me and people, me and my friend and her mum and her mum's friend were all talking. It kind of meant that the plot didn't really land anywhere. Kind of felt like it was trying to be serious, but also trying not to be serious. And it didn't feel like... Like, if it was serious, you could have got really into the characters. And if it was funny, it could have been a lot more lighthearted, but it was neither. And I get how that can be good, but also I feel like it might have been better if it had just committed to one or the two. But I did really enjoy it. Like, the thing is, it was really entertaining. So I feel like sometimes it doesn't need to be the biggest thing ever. Like, sometimes it can just be entertaining and that's enough. So that was really good to go and see on Thursday. And then yesterday, didn't do anything. I'd run those days where life just passed me by and I felt really overwhelmed and quite like overstimulated with how much I had going on in my brain. I was just a bit like, oh. So that was a bit of a strange one. Like I came, I went to the gym and I didn't really do anything at the gym. It was really strange. Like I did bits and bobs, but I was so distracted. I kept doing things and it didn't really make sense. Like all of a sudden when I was on one machine, I'd remember to check my emails and I'd do that and I just wouldn't really commit to anything. And then I came back and the house was really busy. Like it took me an hour to cook dinner. Literally all I did was make a chilli. It really wasn't that intense. And I kept forgetting everything that I was doing. Then I like called people. It just like, you know when nothing's working out and all of a sudden it was just 11 and I felt like my evening had gone. So that was a bit of a weird day, which is why today I decided to work from home because I just felt like I needed some time away. I think my social battery had just like totally ran out and I needed to prioritize rest but this weekend I've decided I'm going to go to my nana's for a bit I'm going to do a shoot with my housemate because she's doing a project for uni and I'm just I'm excited you know I feel like this week now I'm changing jobs everything feels like it's falling into place but speaking of that this week's podcast we're talking about what am I even doing with my life because I feel like it's the biggest question we all have in our 20s and I just need to vent. But anyway, on to the content for this week's podcast. I guess the truth of the matter is, is that your 20s are a constant evolution of your wants, dreams and desires. 
Like, I think when you're beginning your 20s, you think so much about what you're going to do after university and you really think it's going to set you on your path. And I think the thing I'm finding hardest is realising that it's not it's not this linear tract. as easy as I want to do that and so that's what I'm going to do. And I think it's weird because society and school and everything really leads you to believe that you're working towards this one goal. They don't let you think like, okay, it's okay that you don't know what you want to do. What you want to do is probably going to change. Instead, they're like, right, pick your GCSEs, then narrow down your selection even more and pick your A-levels when you're 16 or 17. Pick your A-levels. Now, once you pick your A-levels, you're going to pick a course. And every single time you are specialising more, you start specialising by the time you are 16. But when you're 16, you don't know yourself. You don't know what you want to do. You don't know what you want to be. You don't know how you think or how you're going to think or what your dreams are aspirations. Like, I'd literally only ever lived at home in England. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I think my, like, what you're exposed to and what your parents' jobs do and what your parents' friends' jobs do, like, that massively implicates what you think, like, the teachers that you have and the jobs that they have, like, the career paths that they've taken. You're absorbing everyone in around you about the life paths that they've chosen and that massively implicates the life plan that you then pick like, I remember the only reason I did my course at uni was because someone told me to do it. And my chemistry teacher was just like, I was like, I like bio- biology and I like chemistry. What should I do? And he's like, do biochemistry. You'd be good at it. I said, okay. And I applied for it. And the reality is like, I hated chemistry. I'd have been terrible at that. I just ended up on microbiology because I didn't get the grades. And I think this is the tricky thing. It's almost like you have to go through it all. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Basically, I lost my ring and I've just found it and I've just dropped it again. But anyway, that's beside the point. Life, like, going through all of this... Like, now I'm 23 and I've been through my A-levels and I've done the degree and I've done the master's. Like, I've done it all. Big job's done. And I'm on my first career job. And it's just making me realise how all of these things that you do, at some point, like... There's going to be moments where you fall and there's going to be moments where it's not great. There's going to be moments where you can't think like you don't know if you can do it. And there are going to be things that go wrong. And in those moments of thing, like in those moments where things do go wrong, it realigns everything that you think you want to do because it makes you reevaluate what you enjoy in your life, what you don't enjoy. It makes you think you can start again, but you don't ever really start again because you take everything that you learn and you kind of just repurpose it in a different way. It's like I left my degree and I was like, you know what? I enjoyed that part, but I didn't enjoy that part. So let's think about doing a master's, but more public health specialised, less lab work. And then I did that and I was like, you know what? I want a job that's less academia focused because this isn't the world for me. Like I just don't, me and academia, it's not meant for people who don't like neurotypical. It's meant for neurotypical people. It's not meant for people who brains don't like I don't mean like it's not meant for like you can't do it I mean how it's all set up isn't set up in a way that makes people's brains who function differently thrive in it or maybe that's just me but I found like it very stressful this constant need to be perfect and I found the way of like the systems created to make sure what you were doing were correct was all down to yourself and I found that really hard to create and like that's what I really like about my job now is that the systems are already there how you do something has already been dictated it's all very logical and so it's less like my mistakes of my planning abilities because that would be the thing that would trip me up the most and that's why I like this new job now but the thing I'm realizing as I'm getting older is that like and I love my job and I love the career path that I'm choosing 
But the thing is, you don't really know what that career path's going to be. And I really think you're sold this idea when you're younger that you are going to know, that you are going to pick something that you absolutely love, that you're going to end up on this one-track ride, like a train. You're going to get on the train tracks and it's just going to be all systems go. And you're going to climb the career ladder and that'll be it. But it's not like that. It's really not like that in the slightest. You get on and off at different stations, you change routes constantly. And sometimes the train is moving so slowly, you question, is this right for me? And you get off and you go back and you make reroutes and you try different decisions and it all changes. And it's all just a culmination of these different life experiences. But one of the hardest things I think is how whenever you're committed to one train track of life, you constantly think about the parallel lives that you could be living. Like consistently, I'm always like, should I have travelled? Should I live in London? Should I have done science? Should I pursue the podcast more? What makes me truly happy? And it's this constant never-ending game of myself of like, what if? What if that was the right decision? What if this was the right decision? Because as you get older, you get more autonomy over what your life is. You make more decisions. Those decisions have a bigger impact. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, was that the right decision? I really hope that was the right decision because like we're on that train path now and like sometimes you can't go back. You can't instantly undo everything that you've done but I think you have to realise although you can't get back you can always change direction you just have to be brave and be prepared to start again and I think realising that is making me feel so much more settled in what I'm doing because I felt quite like panicky my first couple of weeks being like have I chosen the right thing I don't know if I've chosen the right thing but allow myself to breathe and give myself the space to think like you know what it's fine I'm just trying this out And I really enjoy it so far and it's really great. But if a couple of years down the line I want to change my mind, I can. Everyone can. You're not signing your life away to something. And that's something that I really, really struggle to get my head around. Because I think every other thing that I've done has been such a big commitment. Degree, three years. A-levels, two years. My master's, a year. Like everything, I guess the master's not really, but... No, the master's, I'm giving it two years because I had to live for a year at home to save up money to afford the master's. Like, you know, the master's was a two-year commitment where I was like, this is what I'm doing, this is my plan. And I think now you don't have those set in stone time points where your life is going to change. Like, it's always been these pre... Not ordains the wrong word. These pre-existing moments of control where the chapters were going to change. And I think I quite liked knowing that. I liked knowing that... In two years, I'm moving out. In two years, I'm doing this. In a year, I'm moving to London. Like, I liked knowing that change was coming. Even though I find change scary, I feel like it's so conductive to growth and it, like, makes me feel like I'm experiencing the world and I don't want to feel like I'm settling. I feel like there's this ticking time bomb in your 20s of, like, experiencing everything as much as you can. And that's how it kind of felt that I needed to carry on going and, like, all of a sudden, I don't have those big changes coming. And it's more self-implemented changes. It's more like, well... The next big change I'll probably experience is I'll probably move in with my boyfriend. Like, that's going to be the next one. I'll probably move abroad. And these are such big changes, but again, they're more self-imposed now. And I know, I guess, the other ones were self-imposed too. But they always were, like, relative to the career path. They were always relative to, like, making myself better. And now, all of a sudden, it's not so much... I guess it would be if you, like, chose to move for a job or something like that, but... Now it's not so much about like choosing to make myself like doing it for the career. Now it's more like what in your life do you want to make happy? How do you think things need to change in order to make you feel better? 
and it's just weird because like every single time I feel like I'm getting somewhere or I know what I want to do and I have this idea like everything changes something happens and everything changes and I just think this is just what I wish I wish someone had told me this when I was 16 that like the decisions you're gonna make they're gonna change you don't need to put so much pressure on yourself everything is gonna work out because you're going to make it work out. And it's not so much like everything works out in the end. Like, I believe it does. But I can also understand how that can be like a really demotivating thing to hear. It's like, well, how is this going to work out? Because this feels shit right now. And the way it's going to work out is you make it work out. You change your decision. You try something new. You quit your job. You try a new job. You retrain. You travel. You do all of these different experiences that allow you to recenter your life in a different experience. They allow you to repurpose yourself, recalibrate, reposition so that you can look towards a new goal. And I think that's the thing, like, how is this going to work out that everything does work out in the end? I do believe that everything does work out in the end. But the only reason I think everything works out in the end is because in the end, you've experienced so many different things that you truly know what you love and you truly know what you don't love. And you learn how to prioritize that. And once you've learned how to prioritize that, then things start really working out. I don't think it's fair to say that everything works out in the end if you don't change anything. Because would everything have worked out in the end if I'd have stayed working, like, when I was stacking shells in Sainsbury's? I could have stayed there inevitably. Like, there was no reason for me to leave. There was no, like, I didn't get fired or anything like that. And, like, if I'd have just stayed there, I wouldn't have been happy because that job didn't serve me. It wasn't making me happy. And so just think that everything would have worked out in the end when I was there. It wouldn't have. Because that wouldn't have been what made me happy. You have to realise that in order for everything to work out in the end, there has to be action. Action is such an important part of this, making your world great. But you're going to have so many opportunities to make that action. And that's what I really thought. I really thought I had one shot. University. Make the right decision. If you don't make the right decision, nothing ever will ever go right again. You won't get the right job. You won't get the right career. You won't do whatever you want to do. And it's just not true. You have so many opportunities to try new things. You have so many opportunities to go down different paths. And I think that's a really reassuring thing to realise. Because all of a sudden you realise that this isn't the be-all and end-all of everything. If you're not happy, you can change. You don't need to feel like you're signing your life away. Because I promise you, you are not. And I just wish I'd realised that a little bit sooner. Because it can be such a daunting feeling. Feeling like you have to pick the right decision for the rest of your life. But you don't. You have to pick a decision right now that makes you happy or is leading to making you happy. Like the masters didn't make me happy all the time, but it led to great things. And I think you have to realise that putting yourself in those positions will lead to really... If I hadn't have done the masters, I wouldn't be in the job now, which I absolutely... Like, I love my job. I wouldn't be in the position that I was in now if I hadn't have done the masters. And that wasn't easy all the time. I just want you to realise that you don't have to... You don't have to do it all, you know? You don't have to get everything right first try. You have time to work it out, I promise. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's podcast. And the first questions are... Let me get on to them. Struggling to find my people at uni. Tips to get over loneliness. First thing, realising that like... Took me maybe two years... Like, it takes, it takes time, is what I want to say. Like, uni is a really big culture shock. 
maybe culture shock's the wrong word. Okay, I don't think I mean culture shock. Uni is a massive, massive change. Like, everything in your life changes when you go to uni. You have a different house, you're not in your home environment anymore, your friendship groups have changed, your course changes. You're now balancing not only living alone, but socialising and also doing well at uni. Like, all of these different things, there's so many things to balance that it's really overwhelming. And I think it can lead to quite a lot of loneliness because you don't actually want to socialise all the time and unless you want to go out all the time. I feel like in Freshers, everyone forgets there are other things you can do in your life. Like, there are other ways you can make friends other than drinking. And that's such, like, a boring grandma thing to say because I'm like, I know this is what Freshers is made for and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what everyone does. But there's so many other ways to make friends and... I feel like because that way is the way that's prioritised, if you don't fancy going on a night out, if you don't want to go out in the week, it can be quite a lonely experience because you need to find someone that you can just chill with. You need to find someone who you can just feel like you're switched, like you don't have to constantly feel like you're on. And I think that can also be tricky is this feeling that you've got to, like you want to be around people, but you don't want to be, like you don't want to be on your own, you want to be around people, but you don't necessarily want to be around new people, you want to feel like you're constantly relaxing, and like, even when I moved into this house with the girls, like, you do feel like you're, when you first move into a new environment with someone, you are very aware, you're aware of everything you're doing, like, because it's all new, it's like starting a new job, you're aware of how you're acting, you're constantly on, you're ready to go, you're feeling like you have to, you're aware of your first impression and everything, and it can be exhausting. And so it's this vicious cycle. But I think the biggest thing that I would recommend, like last week's podcast episode is the way that I stopped myself being lonely last year in London. Because like, I spent a lot of time on my own. Like I really did. Maybe a bit too much. Like I really do spend quite a lot of time on my own. But as soon as I realised that like my alone time is my safe time, like when I'm just on my own and chilling, like there's no pressure on me then it made me feel so much better about it. And I feel like I don't want to just repeat last week's podcast episode, but like, that really is it for me. It's like tonight, one of my biggest toxic traits is like scrolling loads. And I'm doing it quite a lot at the moment because I'm feeling a little bit anxious about my life. No, I'm just feeling anxious in general, I think. I don't know. I've been scrolling a lot. I don't feel like there needs to be a bigger reason. I don't need to deep it as much as I am, but I have been. And I need to not do that. I need to like purposefully set myself activities so I feel like I'm use- using that time worthwhile. Well, what am I on about using that time worthwhile? That doesn't make sense. Using my time worthwhile, you know? But the biggest thing as well with loneliness, I'd realise like maybe it might not be possible because I don't know where you're going to uni, but I really put off going home. I didn't think I could go home for ages. I didn't think it was like right. I thought I had to stay. And I ended up not going home for like a full semester even though my home was only an hour and a half away. Made zero sense. Realise you can go home. You don't have to stay there. Go home every weekend if you need to. Go home every other week. Like, let yourself make this university experience work for you. You don't just have to do everything that everyone else is doing. You just need to do the things that are going to make you feel good. And if going home and visiting family makes you feel better, do that. Like, if you know you're going to have a weekend all on your own, go home. It's like this weekend, for example... I'm on my own pretty much all weekend. Like, all of Sunday, there's no one else around. And so I'm going home to see my nana because I just know that sometimes I want to be on my own. That's not one of the days. But that's been something that's been a new thing for me, realising, proactively making plans when I think I'm going to be alone because actually being alone feels like it's going to be good. Reality is it's good for a bit and then it's then it's quite isolating. Next question. How to make peace with having been in a toxic relationship? 
it's going to take time. And there's going to be so many things that you internalise that you didn't realise you internalised. And there's going to be things you take into your next relationship that you have to work through. There's going to be trust issues. You're not going to be certain what you want. And it, it, I think the thing is, it just takes time. And I think you make peace with being in a toxic relationship. Is like Whenever I think about relationships that I've been in, I'm like, what was I doing? What was I doing then? I think back to like, I imagine what I'm like. I imagine that young girl. And I think it's really easy because you're like, how could I do that? Because you imagine you right now are doing it. You imagine you put like your current version of yourself, put yourself in that situation. But you have so much more self-awareness now than you did. You've grown so much more now than you were had then. And so you didn't know the position you were in. And I think once you become more kind of empathetic towards yourself and forgiving towards yourself, it allows you to make that peace in the sense of like it wasn't wasted time because I didn't know better. And I had and I went through that and now I realised I'm not gonna make the same decisions again. And I think it I, do you know what it is? I think it's being really compassionate towards yourself because beating yourself up about it and feeling guilty and feeling like you've wasted time and feeling like shitty about it, they have already taken so much of your joy. Don't let them take any more. Don't let them have that. This is your life now. You've left them, okay? This is your story. This isn't their story. This is yours and you need to start writing out how you want it to be written. And I'm not saying you're never allowed to feel sad or anxious or upset about it. But what I am saying is like, don't feel any guilt or don't beat yourself up about it. And don't feel any, like be so kind to yourself about it. Be so forgiving. Imagine yourself like the young child you were when you were four. And think about what that person, that little girl or boy has had to be through. And they has to go through. And just imagine you're holding their hand and you're saying it's going to be okay. You're going to go through something that's not going to be great, but you're going to get yourself out of it. And you're going to have a great life and I'm going to make sure of it. And I feel like that, I think that's how I made peace with it, you know? Anyway, let's see if there's any final quick questions. Oh, I like this one. This one is, let me read it. Oh, I just came off it. Oh, I should have really organised it. What is your biggest dream? You know, my biggest dream right now is... So I have this vision where the podcast is in Trafalgar Square and it's like an image of the podcast is on the Trafalgar Square, like is on all of, is on the billboard and I'm still underneath it. And like, I take a photo and like I post it on Instagram and it's there and it's like, it's this whole entire, not the, not the dream is me posting that photo on Instagram, but it's like, that's my vision. It's like the podcast gets really like, someone else sees it as big as I do. And I feel like, that for me has been the really like I've that's like that's my big dream at the moment. I really, 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 really want the podcast to get big. And it is getting big and it is growing and it's just slow and steady. Like I think this is the thing with when you're doing social media or different types of growth things, like it does just take time and effort and consistency and like it's not all gonna happen all at once. Social media is changing. It's not as easy to get big fast anymore. It's really hard to like, once you've passed the initial big growth in followers, it's hard to make that consistent and it's hard to maintain that and it's hard to make sure that that stays and that continues to grow. But what I'm realising is that it does carry on growing. It just takes time. And I think also it's, is that a spider? No. It's like little things are tricky. It's like when I, I gained like 10,000 followers on TikTok within like very quick, within a month, I gained 10,000 followers. 
I gained 50,000 followers within like five months. Within a year since that point, I've gained 3,000 followers. 365 days. But it kind of put doesn't put it into perspective because every time I jump up by like 200 followers, that is quite a lot. But to me, it doesn't look like anything. I'm just like, well, that's nothing. Because it goes just goes up by like 0.1 or 0.2. And so I feel like this is the thing. Once you start getting bigger, the amount that you grow, like it takes time, you know? It takes time. You can't grow as exponentially as fast anymore. You have to keep putting in the effort and keep putting in the world. And that's what makes it really tricky. And I think this is what I'm now realising is that I felt, I didn't fall out of love with podcasting or anything, but I fell out of love with the dream. I think I got really unmotivated. And now I'm back in a good routine and now I'm working again. I'm reminded how much I love the podcast as an outlet. And I think beforehand, when, when I didn't need an outlet, I found it harder because I just felt really content and I was like, found it hard then to be motivated to do anything because I think I was so burnt out after uni, but now I'm really enjoying work and now I have a better routine with like how I record things and everything. That's been a massive game changer. I think my biggest dreams are for the podcast right now. I mean, I love my goal career, but I can kind of, I feel like I'm just starting with that, you know? I'm very wary of setting like big goals for myself straight away because I want myself to feel settled and comfortable and I want to enjoy my work and it doesn't always need to be going to the next like I'd love to be promoted obviously but like it takes like a year so I'm just enjoying that and put my best foot forward and trying to do as much as I can and I think this is what I'm now realizing is that I just want to create a really great life for myself I'd love the podcast to go on tour this is when I let my dreams maybe take over. Like, I'd love the podcast to go on tour. I'd love to do all of these different things. Like, I'd just love if You've Got Mail became, like, a force for good, like, its own entity, how I imagine it could. I just need a manager. I need someone to take the business side of the podcast and just run with it. Because I don't know what to do. Like, I just... I I love the content creation and the right And, like, I love the podcast. But I don't know... Like, I don't know how to do the next part. So if you know anyone, please get in touch. <laughs> if you are the person, please get in touch. Please, please. If you are the person, then you listen to the podcast. And I feel like you know me already. You know what you're getting into. But I would really like that. Maybe one of you guys knows someone. Anyway, on to the new things I've done this week. Guys, I just got distracted and somehow I ended up on Snapchat. And did you know there's a snapchat subscription for 35 35 pounds a month and you'll never guess what's in it it is potentially the worst subscription i've ever heard of in my you can pin one of your best friends to the top of your screen i only have two friends on snapchat that i message my boyfriend and my best mate they're the only people no and my sister three people who has enough people on snapchat that they need to scroll i they're there that's it they're at the top. I don't need to scroll. I've got that function for free. Okay. You get to pin up. You get to design your Snapchat on your like on your phone. I'm not paying 35 quid to make the Snapchat logo pink. No chance. You get to add a sticker after your name that's a black star. Why, why would I pay £35 for that? Makes zero sense. You then get some little stalking like preferable like little like features you get to see if people rewatch your story and how many times they rewatch it and blah 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 blah. bit creepy if you ask me going down the wrong alleyway like as soon as you start noticing yourself doing creepy stalky behavior 
something's not right, it's time to check in, we're feeling insecure and it's time to recalibrate, focus on ourselves. There is another thing you get to do. You get to use, like, you get to put emojis next to your friends' names. I'm sorry. And it's something like £5 a month or £35 a year. It's hands down the worst subscription I've ever heard in my entire life. If you're doing this, please rethink. Please rethink. For your own bank account, rethink. It is not worth it. Or maybe you're super popular and it. Maybe it is worth it for you. It's not worth it for me. <laughs> but anyway, new things I've done this week. Went to the theatre. Going to see my grandparents. Have restarted watching Gilmore Girls. I've restarted it, guys. And do you know what? I, know if, I don't know if I've spoken about this, but I watched Gilmore Girls and I went through my breakup. And I've never been able to watch it, ever. It made me feel sick every time I turned it on. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's, like, a bit of a trauma response. No, I feel like that's too much of an exaggeration. I, it, just, it just really brought up old memories and it just made me feel really shit. And I don't know why it made me feel really anxious. But I've started watching it again. And I think that's growth. I'm very proud of myself. I've also been journaling every night. Also growth. Been going to the gym, getting back on my routine. Yesterday wasn't a great day. Today I haven't left the house. But that's okay because it's all about balance. I've started running again. You know, I feel like I'm getting back. Life feels like it's getting back on track. Like the podcast is going well. All things are going well. And it's making me feel very excited. Like very, very, very grateful. And I see my boyfriend next week. My boyfriend and my sister are coming on the same day. So that's going to be chaotic, but really lovely. And other new things I'm doing this weekend. Not really sure. Enjoying myself. Going to the pub. I need to record the... What was that noise? Sometimes I get scared when I'm in the house on my own. I hear noises. I'm like, oh, I really hope that's okay. Like earlier on, I was wearing my headphones and my housemate came into the house. And I I just kept hearing weird noises like a shaking of a key, or, but then I took the headphones off and there wasn't any noise, and it scared the shit out of me when it finally, like, she walked in the door because I did not realise she was coming in. Also, I had the weirdest dream last night. I dreamt that my mum took my headphones and, like, thought they were really dirty and, like, was scrubbing them and cleaning them really intensely, and, like, she put them on the drying rack, and I was like, have you just scrubbed my headphones? She was like, yeah, they were dirty, and I was like, mum, do you do realise what they are, don't you? They're my, and I went off on this, like, they're my expensive sound counselling ones, blah, 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 blah. And I was just, like, woke up and saw the headphones. I was like, what a weird dream. Like, what a weird frame of mind I'm in. I am obviously feeling a bit of a control freak right now. But we move. Anyway, I've nearly finished Arrangements in Blue. I love it. It's really, it stepped a bit away from the Joni Mitchell, like it was more at the start and now each chapter is relative to a song but it's like really nicely interwoven, it's not so full on as like, I thought it was literally going to be like really intense but it wasn't and it's been a really interesting read. It's interesting because she's 40, she's only ever had a couple of relationships, she's single and it's just about like going on solo holidays and being on your own and it's really interesting to hear about some that like experience of loneliness from someone who's older than you. And you know what, actually, in that earlier question where it's like how to deal with loneliness, read Arrangements in Blue. It's the present I'm getting all of my friends this year. Mayor or Nini, really hope you didn't hear that because that's your gift. It might not be. I'm undecided as of yet, but it's a really good present and it's a really good book. And I just think I wish I could buy it for you if you're struggling with loneliness because I would send you mine, but it's a library book, so I can't. But I would definitely recommend reading that. But anyway... 
thank you for listening. It honestly means the world to me. If you are able to, please subscribe to the podcast. You don't have to do the paid one. Just let me see. Just lets me know how many people are here listening, and it really makes my day. And if I want to work with companies, it really, really helps me. I hope you're having a great week, and I can't wait to speak to you again next week. Make sure you're following me on TikTok and on Instagram at you've got mail underscore pod, and I can't wait to speak to you soon. I love you. Bye.